Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, internets? Welcome to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. The only podcast where we talk geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Kevin Bacon of the internets, the anti-tripe equation, Wakabi's lost conscious, Bobby Filet. The Beverly Trillbilly, Brand New Ben, Soldier 70 Spliff, Doctor Whose Man's Is This, amongst other things, the captain of the spaceship here tonight. And tonight I am joined by... Yes, 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 it is me, Jeff J., the King of Queens, a.k.a. Dr. Swoon, Victor Von Swoon, a.k.a. <laughs> Styles Morales, a.k.a. <laughs> The man, the myth, the legend, the living legend, a.k.a. My waves are always 100% organic, no GMO, no additives, no preservatives. Only the original street corner, 360 waves, pomade not included, a.k.a. The shape of water, quarter waters. <laughs> oh, you foiled the landing on that last one. And oh my God, the shape of quarter water the shape is of quarter perfection water. too. Yes, sir. I, wow. I, I, I'll quit while that, I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolute perfection. That's right, folks. Jeff J is in the house. Fanbro himself. And yep, like you heard, Tatiana King Jones is not here tonight, nor is the Chico Leo. But we're going to hold it down for them because they're out doing other missions right now for the Fan Bros team. It's a lot coming. I mean, I know, you know, we started off 2018 with a bang. You know, the guests were crazy. Crown Wakanda was just out of this world. But we have so much more planned. You know, Universal Fan Con is coming up. The Crown Wakanda initiative is about to go to another level, like, I can't even tell y'all. Like, there's something we got planned coming up for Fanbro Show that might be the biggest thing we've ever done. I mean, it's going to be on just levels to this. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I don't even think Jeff knows what I'm talking about yet. I don't. Like, it's, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's so top-level information right now, but it is going down. Trust me, 2018 is going to be huge, as if it's not already been huge. And speaking of huge... Oh, my God. Oh, my God, again. What is it, 26 days? 27? Oh, to Black Panther. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. A Billy. A Billy crossed the billion-dollar threshold. It's so crazy because this weekend, like, I mean, this was Thursday, I think. I was chilling with one of my best friends, and we were talking about it. And he was like, uh, probably by next weekend, you know, a billion. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, I, I figured he was right, yeah. You know, next weekend, wrong, wrong. Once again, Marvel, Black Panther, proving everyone wrong. Yeah, man, and it's it's 530 million estimated domestic, which is, it, it sets records every week, which is something mm -hmm. to, you know, you can't understate that. Every week it sets some type of record. It's 
it hit a billion in under 30 days. That's like a Jay-Z lyric. Like, Black Panther is a walking <laughs> Jay-Z money lyric right now. And, you know, there was a lot of people that were out there saying, really scoffing at the fact that Black Panther could make a billion. The only question was whether or not the movie was actually going to be good. Because if it was good, to me, the billion, I, I said it months ago, the billion, to me, was going to come easily. I didn't think it was going to mm. be under 30 days easily, but... You know, it, 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 it's here now. And now that they're by the end of this week and uh, and, and you know, what? I, does Sunday count as the weekend? Yes. Because mm-hmm. Sunday yep. isn't isn't Sunday the beginning of the week, but we count it as a weekend. No. It's like the commercial weekend. <laughs> yeah, we, we count it for the commercial. Right, weekend. right, right. So yeah. so by Monday morning, it should be at one point something billion. So the mm. next milestone would be. Really, uh, really, it's like 1.05. I think that's like the Dark Knight. Both of the Dark Knight Rises and um and the Dark Knight. But the 1.4 is the number to watch because that's Avengers. And that's the biggest grossing superhero slash comic book movie ever. So I, I, I think they're going to get it. Like, I think the only thing that's stopping it right now is Avengers. And they have another yeah. month until they even have to worry about that. And by the time Avengers gets here, Black Panther is going to ride off into the the DVD sunset. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, I, I, I think they've, we've been conservative with these numbers for weeks. Like, you know, maybe they'll get here. We're, we're in ranges. I'm going full. I'm, I'm going all in chips in the middle. I think it's going to do 1.5. <laughs> I think it's going to do 1.5. I mean, okay, look, when I like, you can go back on fan show and you should, you know, if you're a new listener, you should go back to the archives and listen to some old episodes because I think when it was announced, I said it then. And I wanted to, I made the point. I was like, I want everyone listening to hear this. Black Panther will be the biggest superhero movie of all time. And I was speaking out my ass. I'm not going to lie because I know what, it, you know, I saw Avengers twice in one weekend, you know, when it came out, like right. the Friday and the Sunday. Right. And I knew what that movie meant to me. Like personally, that's one of those movies for me because I can't believe that Avengers even exists, that it worked and it was a good ass movie and it had all those moments. But Black Panther is another on that level where it's like I did I to this day I made a post the other day and it's now been what 30 days or so almost since I've seen the film well not 30 about 23 and there hasn't been a day that goes by where I have not sat and spent at least either 15 minutes talking with someone or just 15 minutes to myself thinking about this movie and I can't get over what they have done with it you know and just the glory everything like you said you know it's breaking records every week and we need to recognize that every week you know if y'all tired of hearing us talk about black panther that's too bad because we're gonna be keep talking about it it's not gonna stop you know crown wakanda the initiative oh my god oh my god i can't wait to let y'all know what's about to happen oh they're gonna be mad for like years because this is a classic. They're going to have to just, you're just going to have to go to therapy, and therapy is very important. But you're going to have to go to therapy, and on top of everything else, add the fact that you cannot release your anger for Black Panther conversation. Because it's going to, you know, dude, when it's all said and done, this is going to be a classic movie for black people. Memes alone. Remember, back in the day, stuff like Coming America, the old school memes was just talking in the water cooler and rec- recalling lines and maybe something, mm-hmm. articles that were written up. But in the meme era, in the internet era, this is going to last. Like when people are talking, there's situations to bring up Black Panther lines and Black Panther um, sayings and and visualizations <laughs> and things. Like yo, 
anybody who wears braids or dreads in a top, like wearing them to the top, you're Killmonger. You're automatically Killmonger. Like somebody's automatically. Kill, you're automatic Killmonger. If you're feeling a little tired and run down, you had the power of the Black Panther stripped away. <laughs> like, yo, dude, it's it's the Black Panther. Right. It's like black, yo, Forrest Whitaker alone has made has increased the shelf life of Black Panther for at least ten years. So it's culturally the cultural impact of this movie. That also can't be understated. I'm not even hyping it. Just the way we talk Mm-mm. each other. Even the um the Wakandan salute. Like, yo, it's going to oh. be around. It's going to be around. And it's going to be something that we talk about for a while. So you, we're here now to be the scribes that note and speak and record the, the impact this movie has, been ha- has had community-wise, culture-wise, conversation-wise, industry-wise. This is a moment in time. These are the moments that you have to revel in. Because this doesn't come along often. Mm. I mean, you said it there. Like, you know, you talked about coming to America. And I've said this before, too. I remember, you know, before the movie starts, all I was thinking, well, two things I was thinking is, one, I would not want to be Ryan Coogler right now. <laughs> and two, you know, I mean, for real, because that pressure, because I knew what it was. I'm sitting in the theater with my man Chuck Preetmore, with um, a couple other people, you know, some other journalists and stuff. And we're all sitting there like, please be good, please be good, please be good. And then it's like, you know, I'm like, okay, just be half as good as coming to America. Let me walk out of this movie and be able to say that. And then 15 minutes in, I was like, this movie is far better than coming to America can ever be. Because coming to America is a comedy. And it just doesn't tackle these subjects the way Black Panther did. That opening scene, like you said, it's a classic for black people. It's just a classic on so many levels. The screenwriting alone, like people know, you know, I'm out here writing scripts now. And I'm studying scripts every day. Reading scripts. I can't wait to get my hands on that Black Panther script. Because there's so many things in it that are so well done. The whole who are you conversation. How it keeps coming up. How it's reflected even to the very last line of the film. Right. It's just an amazing piece of work that they have done here. And that's why when people are like, oh, well, you know, it's it's a good Marvel movie. Uh, it's a good action film. I'm like, you are out of your mind bugging. Like, I, I love Avengers. I love Winter Soldier. I love Civil War. But I think Black Panther is just hands down better than all of them. Kevin Feige has already said this, that it's the best thing they put out. I'm super hyped for Infinity War. I love the Russos. I think they are masters of what they're doing. But do I think it's going to be as good as Black Panther? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, you know, speaking on that, you know, we do have a lot of news this week coming out. Kevin Fahey, did I get it right this time? I doubt it. Is it Fahey? Anyway, that Fahey? 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 One day he'll be on the show and we'll ask him person to person and figure this out. But anyway, he has, you know, finally given up some news on what's going to happen after Infinity War. And, you know, of course he confirmed that there's to be a Black Panther 2. I mean, duh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's like the silliest shit ever. But what I did love to hear was you talk about how, you know, they've already distrust a Shuri film. He was like, yo, I could watch three films of Okoye just being an action hero. And I'm like, so could I, brother. Right, so could right, I. Right, like, right. <laughs> Please, God, please. I'm begging you for my soul. Yeah. And he also talked about the Captain Marvel film, which will be set in the 90s. And I'm super hyped for that, yo, because, I mean, Marvel is just on this roll right now where I feel like they can do no wrong. And to see, you know, Nick Fury without the eye patch, to see Captain Marvel, a woman character who I've loved since I was little, like Carol Danvers is one of the illest characters and has one of the illest stories in Marvel Comics to me. And now she's to be the most powerful person in the whole MCU, like, shh, whoo, 
It's exciting times. It's exciting times. Yeah, man, it's gonna be good. I, I, I you know, I, I would love to see the '90s again <laughs> in film. <laughs> I, I just, it, I could just. They need, they need to bring. They might have to bring Coogler in as a consultant because we need some joint. We need some joints, man. Like we need, uh, we need some, we need some Easter eggs for us because the '90s, the '90s were a time, bro. The '90s were a time. Yes. So I, I, I can only imagine what they do with it. But um, just FYI, I just, just looked it up. It's Feige. Oh, okay. All right, Feige. Feige. Okay. Yeah. Once and for all, we're right. gonna get this Kevin right. Feige. So Kevin Feige. But, but yeah, man. Like it's, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna <laughs> be interesting to see how Captain Marvel is received just in mm. terms of it being set in quote unquote, the MCU's past. And she's another character who hasn't really been on the big screen and been prominent. But at this point, if they made millions of dollars and a great film out of a talking raccoon, well, he's not a <laughs> raccoon. Let me not be racist. He says he's not a raccoon, so I won't be racist, but a raccoon looking individual and a talking uh, talking foliage and they made millions <laughs> of dollars and it was a great movie yo at this point yo it, it's like um, remember Rock and Jock when you used to take the 10 point shot yo he check it <laughs> he check yo, it 100 point shot for <laughs> right, them right, right now no right, problem right. money like no problem it's it's money right now I mean I feel you it should be interesting because I, I feel like Captain Marvel is going to get us a lot of that same hate and that Black Panther got pre, you know, coming out, and I can't wait for it because then it's to make all the money in the world because people are gonna be upset when they really start showing that she's the most powerful, right? You know, she's more more powerful than Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, whoever. You know, a lot of you know dudes, especially, are gonna have something to say, and I can't wait for it because I love her, I love Carol Danvers, you know, and it's dope to see this. Like you see, you know, the next phase of the MCU might be Black Panther leading the Avengers alongside Captain. Marvel, you know, a woman and a black man. Like, come on now. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Ooh. And speaking of that, you know, because a lot, you know, you're like, but where will Captain America and Iron Man will be? Well, Kevin also made a bid statement that is something that is crazy to me. I mean, not crazy, but it should happen. He said that when people die in Infinity War, that's it. It's over. He's like, be careful what you wish for. Right. Because a lot of people, you know, always saying that in the MCU, people don't die, nothing happens, permanent. And so he's like, okay, now, you know, when they do die, what's going to happen? And on that note, Fanbro Show on Twitter, starting by the time you hear this episode, we are going to be running a death pool. Not a dead pool, a death pool on Twitter about who is going to catch that fade in Infinity War. So we're going to go down by movie, you know, like franchise by franchise, all the characters from Iron Man, all the characters from Thor, you know, et cetera, down the line, down to Ant-Man, sadly, even to Black Panther, because no one's immune to this. And we're going to, you know, put out a poll to see who do you think is your top choice or basically who do you want to see catch that fade in Infinity War? What about you, Jeff? Mm, I, I don't think there's anybody I want to see primarily cast a fade like nobody really uh, just by my 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 laws of deduction i could say uh, you know um you know i don't see spider-man on this list and he shouldn't be because he has two more movies so unless nope. we're gonna get a different spider-man <laughs> i not and tom holland tom holland already got that bag so they're gonna use him for the other two movies <laughs> it, it might have to be throwbacks or something or, but they're gonna use him so you you gonna see you're gonna see tom holland in these movies he's actually gonna be the person who sets off the new phase so yep. Um, you know, I think it's looking shaky for Cap. I think it's looking mm. shaky for Thor. 
I think mm. it's looking real shaky for Hawkeye. I, th- I feel like the internet wants Hawkeye <laughs> Yo, why gone. is it Hawkeye? Yo, I feel like the internet wants Hawkeye gone. And I'm like, you know, Jeremy Renner might have to uh, tap into his inner born identity because uh, he might have to become another born to, to escape some of this because, uh, I you know, I don't know. But um, Scarlet Witch, Vision, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think the, the big three are, are on the block. They're they're mm. they're on the block for sure, and mm-hmm. out of them three, I could see Captain America being the 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 death that galvanizes everybody together. Mm. I can see that. That's why I'm I'm kind of looking at him like, yo, you stupid. Why does it say Falcon and Anthony Mackie? <laughs> <laughs> yo, I just caught that. <laughs> Yo, wow. you want you're giving away a bit of the poll wow. right there, Jeff. You know they, they haven't seen that one. Oh, yet, I thought you yeah. said by the time they hear it, it's gonna come out. I mean, yeah, you know, but you know, certain surprises. Yo, I mean, I but mean, you, you gotta, yo, so you gotta put it out, or you gotta bleep me out, brother. You gotta beat me up. But I'm just looking at the list. I, you know, I, I will say I do think I do think um, Wakanda's a rap. <laughs> Yo, that yo, that fucked me up, bro. Like I'm looking at it like, yo, yo, y'all want my I'm man? saying, a, a lot of people want Falcon to stay, but some people, <laughs> you know, wouldn't mind somebody else playing him. That's all I'm saying, right? So now. who would replace who would replace Anthony Mackie? Someone who's not a sellout. Oh, I don't wow. know. Wow, I hear you. Sheesh, sheesh. Sorry, Anthony. Look, we've invited you on the show many a times. Please come through because there are a lot of things. DJ Ben, I mean, myself has dreadlocks. There's some things we have to discuss regarding <laughs> some statements you've made, bro. Right, That's right. all I'm saying. That is all I'm saying. What? Love you as Falcon, really. I can't even lie, because as, as dumbass as he be making these statements, every time he's on screen, I'm like, yeah, Falcon. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, damn. I, I, one know? thing I will say is for people who are attached to Wakanda, you, you might have to no. brace yourself. Shut up, shut up, Jeff. I'm just be, saying, be the Black Order. Be quiet. They, they, be quiet. They've done these things. Just saying. Quiet. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going quiet. That talk. I'm just saying prepare yourself. You because you you want right. to talk about the the power stripped away. Half of Wakanda's <laughs> about to be stripped away. <laughs> so I don't know, but we'll we'll see. It's it's going to be interesting because I I do think they they have a major plan in store. And uh, that first, I, I just feel like Infinity the part one is going to be Th- um, Thanos's mixtape. Like he's just gonna mm. be hitting everybody, and it's gonna be the big, the biggest uh, comic book diss track of of all time. He's gonna go, he's going in, bro. Just yeah. just brace yourself, Josh Brolin. Yo, he's gonna this be paid this year. This man's gonna be in everything. He's like this second Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like yo, what a time. And it's crazy because off these two roles, like he never has to work again. He can just do comic book conventions for the rest of his life, and he's set. Yeah, you know. But and on top of that, to- when when the uh, when the Marvel Fox deal comes into play, he he literally is going to be in, in the same in different universes at the same time. He's an anomaly. Oh, I, 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 he's an anomaly. <laughs> he's an anachronism. For those who watch Legends of Tomorrow, he's an anachronism right now. Like he's he's Ooh. breaking space and time. So uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 ill. But his wallet is definitely intact. <laughs> yeah, that ain't breaking bruh. at all unless it's bulging too much. Bruh, bruh, bruh. But um, yes, like you said, the death pool will be on out on Twitter tomorrow. I'm gonna put it out there. I think Tony Stark, me and uh my brother Mellow Market have been discussing this, and just judging by the trailers, I'm kind of worried about Tony Stark. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm. Just by the way the trailers seem to be set up, there seems to be 
something going on where I think Tony and I don't want to see it. And that talk of Wakanda, because Kevin has also said that the third act of the film is entirely in Wakanda. Wow. And you know, third acts in Marvel movies are big battles. So, right. yeah. Wakanda, keep saying Wakanda forever for as long as you can. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just remember, there's only two things that's forever in this world Wakanda and Wu Tang. <laughs> two things where just keep that in mind and, and let that let that power you that's so funny because i wanted to uh you know before we take this quick break i wanted to do that skit from the first wu-tang album where the dude calls him up and he's like yo you know what i gotta hear but you know more like you know what i gotta see right now right <laughs> black panther oh yeah again and again Hey everyone, this is Carla Perez. I play Rita Repulsa on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the 90s. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. This is Nikki Phillips. And this is Stacey Strobel. Yo, this is Carly Hustle. Hey, what's up? This is Jamila from Girl Gone Geek. Hi, my name is Roxanne Gay. Hey, this is the Shameless Maya. Hey, what's up guys? This is Maya G. Hi, this is Reagan Gomez. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. Hi, this is Lola Ganike. My name is Jamie Broadnax from Black Girl Nerds. Hi, guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you're not in a lotus position eating quinoa or, like, rapping to your your bae, you should be listening to fanbos. No, I said fanbos. Okay, hang on. So big shout out to my brother Dallas Penn, who is launching his podcast this week, Architecture. Make sure you check that out. Part of the Loudspeakers Network. It's A King, is the executive producer. You know, bring him back that intellectual fuckery that Dallas Penn is so well known for. You know, rest in peace to Combat Jack, Combat Cancer. It's still going. It does not stop. And speaking of not stopping, it is now time for one of my favorite segments. Extra. That's right, the guac is extra, where we ask, I mean, answer all of the geekly asked questions of the week. If you have a question for the Fan Bros Show, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com, or hit us on the Twitter or on Instagram, at Fan Bros Show. And what do we have up first tonight, Jeff? Got you. So the first one is from Airborne Elite, Air as in next in line to the throne. Yep. Not air, A-I-R. <laughs> so airborne elite. I just heard your most recent episode and the topic of an icon movie came up. Given the political climate that we are currently in, do you think a movie about a black conservative superhero will do well? The character represents the pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. And I fear 
that this may result in the film being a, fo- a Fox News, and he spelled it F-A-U-S. <laughs> Faux news, Fox News, wet dream. Do you think a different milestone character would fare better to make a big screen debut such as Static Shock? Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. And for those who don't know what uh, Airborne Elite is talking about, you can go back and listen to last week's episode where I think we answered a guac question that where we suggested that DC has a character on their hands that could equal Black Panther. Evan Narcisse, actually a friend of the show, wrote an article last week about Icon, and he was speaking about how great Icon is. Now, most people know Static Shock more than Icon because Static Shock actually had the cartoon and got featured in a lot of different media, and so a lot of people know about Static Shock over Icon. You know about Icon, though, right, Jeff? I've vaguely heard about Okay. Him. I, clearly, I know about Static Shock. Yes. Like, you, you can't grow up and be not know about Static Shock. But I've heard of him before. Like, vaguely heard of him. I've never read any of, of the Icon comics or anything like that. Okay. Well, why, to me, Icon would make a great idea? And I do understand, you know, what they're saying about this being a faux news wet dream. Because Icon is this character who's basically like a black Superman but instead of being sent to Earth in modern day, he gets sent to Earth back in slave times. And he's adopted by, you know, a couple who are in slavery. And so this couple mm-hmm. in slavery, he, his alien race, whoever first picks him up, that's who he imitates. So he doesn't even look human normally. But when the slave couple picks him up, he looks like a little black boy. So he grows up in America and he's basically immortal. So he lives throughout the history of America. And in doing so... He, you know, first starts off fighting for black people, you know, fighting slavery, et cetera. But as the years go on, as hundreds of years pass, he becomes more more conservative. And so at the beginning of the series, he's like a lawyer who's living in Harlem. He's faked his death, you know, many a time. And now he's the super conservative dude, damn near a Clarence Thomas, who's like, well, I made it black people. So why can't the rest of y'all make it? And mm. to me, that's what makes Icon so great. Like, Static Shock is great, but Static Shock is basically Miles Morales or, you know, Black Peter Parker. He's not much more than that. He had some great issues and some great stories that can be told. But Icon represents so much more because Icon is this character who becomes this black conservative. And then this young black woman named Rocket, she's just a regular teenage girl from the hood. She meets him, finds out that he has these superpowers, and she convinces him to become a superhero and to become an icon for black people. She's like, just because you made it doesn't mean we can all make it. And there's this system of white supremacy that you have to face. So Icon allows you to talk about all these themes and then allows you to talk about the history of black America and show a superhero either being involved or not being involved in all the things that happen. So it has that, you know, level. It's, of course, it's not going to be Black Panther. Black Panther's a unique, incredible character. But it does have this level that I think DC is completely missing and that someone like Cyborg or Static Shock just isn't going to bring. I mean that sounds interesting to me enough. I can I can see the the um the listener's trepidation on whether or not injecting that type of character into the current climate would be detriment or benefit storytelling wise and just cultural wise because I I could see I could see all of Animal Avi Twitter going nuts. You see, this is how it should be, you know. If you if if you people just did what he said, y'all would be in a much better place. But it, it is an interesting. It's very interesting. I don't know about being like the answer to Black Panther. Oh nah. But um, it's an interesting story to tell if you get the right person to tell. There it, it is. Yeah, if you get the right person, 
And out of DC's, like, you know, African-American, African characters, especially the whole Milestone universe, there's a lot of them that could make, you know, Hardware would be a very interesting story, but Hardware is also kind of like a black Iron Man. He has, there's there's differences, and his relationship with his white mentor is a really interesting story that could be told. But all of these stories basically just allow or need the right person. Because even Static Shock, like Static Shock, when he's, you know, displaying his teenager and just being a black teenager, could be a super interesting story. But it depends on how far they're willing to go and who they hire to do it. Yo, if I was DC, I would <laughs> I would make a Vixen movie and try to combat Black Panther. Ooh. Ooh. Like some real like, yo, that would sound like something that they would do is like, yo, let's let's go in the lab for like two years <laughs> and come out with Vixen with Vixen's movie. Cause like her her story mm -hmm. is dope. Yes. And you start from the beginning, you start with her grandmother and you start with her and where her mom's and then what happens to her village and then she ends up in Detroit and then she's using all the like it they could they could put it on its head. Mm -hmm. And and I like if I was them, I, I would seriously say, all right, I know our whole shit is in shambles, but we should get in. We should uh, get in the lab and see if we could pull off this Vixen movie and see if we can get that uh, that that black dollar and and make the same cultural impact. Yeah, but knowing DC, that shit would turn into Catwoman Part Two. So, yeah, I, I, their track record doesn't um, bestow a lot of confidence in me no. or instill it. But uh, you know, I'm just saying it would be ill. That, that kind of makes me feel wish it was a Marvel Studios property because that would have been. I could only imagine. Like, it wouldn't be no Wakanda, but just that story alone, mm -hmm. like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And like I say, that same thing with Icon. In the right hands, Icon would be such an ill story because it's such a, you know, ill concept that, you know, generated, like, at least 50 issues. And I read pretty much all of them, and they were dope. You know, that like, the Milestone universe, DC is just really... But there's a lot of legal issues in, involved in that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, so... It might never happen. So shout out to other creators. You know, shout out to Lion Forge, my man Joe Illich. If you're not reading those comics, you should be because that's yes. going to be, you know, that universe is going to be on film soon. And there we go. That's all we need. Next question up tonight is. All right. From JJ Trunks. And if you are a DB super fan, salute to you or Z. Um, hello, fan bros. I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine about the Black Panther. And <laughs> I can't even say it right anymore. Every time I see it, the Black Panther. Black. <laughs> but aren't you black? But you're black. Right, right. He, he said he wasn't going to watch the movie because he wasn't black. Seriously, no joking. This threw me way off. For one, other races of people are seeing the movie. You don't have to be black. And two, this guy's clearly <laughs> <Wait>. black. <laughs> Okay, I didn't keep either. going. Mind you, I didn't read this question before. I didn't, I, I I didn't said either. It. I didn't either. Wow, this guy is clearly black. Dark skin, lives in the hood. Parents are black, not from any other country other than the U.S. He went on to explain being Native American and Eastern European. I'm <laughs> All right. I'm, okay. I'm sure there are some psychological and self-esteem issues at play. But I'm too busy trying to become a Wakandan citizen to care. Have you guys ever felt 
with a person denying... I've dealt. That's probably yep. Have you guys ever dealt with a person denying their blackness? If so, how did you deal with it? P.S. The first episode I heard from y'all was with Young Guru. It was dope. Been listening ever since. Keep it up. Thank you. And big shout out to Young Guru, my brother. Happy born day to him. All my Pisces out there, happy born day to all of y'all. Wow, I am crying right now because all I could think about was that episode of Atlanta and my man looking like fell, oh, yes. looking like Felon DeGeneres. Felon <laughs> DeGeneres was it, man. <laughs> that's what oh, I, man, what a show. That's when I lost. It was Felon DeGeneres. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, Um, no, no disrespect, though, because, you know, pretty much every African-American and uh, most Americans have some Native American in them. Eastern European, right. I'm sure you do too. But like my test is this is what I always tell people. I was talking with a friend of mine out here in Hollywood the other day, and I'm like, what happens when the police pull you over? That is the mm. test in America, at least. That is what so-called race you are. And we've had many discussions about race, you know, on Fanbro's show and how race is basically, you know, it's a illusion. There's no such thing as race. Race is a creation of white supremacy. Like for call someone black, white, etc. It's just to separate people and to, you know, do these various things to keep people thinking one group is a minority and another group is a majority. But in reality, you know, we're all human beings. Now we all have different cultures and the culture of America is a culture of patriarchal white supremacy. So when you're in a car, you know, if you're in your car driving down the street and a police pulls you over, are you going to be asked to get out of your car? If so, you're probably black, brown, whatever. You know, you're damn sure not Eastern European. You might be Native American because they're getting pulled out of the car, too. And, and right. that's always my test. As far as someone denying their blackness and how did I deal with it? Man, we... One of my best friends once said to me that black people's biggest problem in America is that we spend most of our lives trying to be black. And that's like a real statement to be because it's like we define what black is. And then if somebody isn't that, we're like, oh, you're not black. You know, I had people tell me that in my lifetime. Like, you know, I'm a brownstone brother. At the time I had a huge afro and people were like, you're not black because of the way I talked, the way I acted, what I was into because I was so into geek culture when it, at a time when it wasn't accepted. So I've heard all that mess. So I really don't define myself like that. You know, I define myself. Obviously, I define myself in America as black, but I've also traveled the world and I've been in other places. And I understand that we are not a minority and that I never define myself. We're the majority of this. You know, people of color are the majority on this planet. And I've been in places like Africa. I've been in Ethiopia, which is the closest you're going to get to Wakanda. And I've had that feeling of solidarity with everyone there. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just tell him, you know, go watch. I mean, Jesus Christ, that he ain't seen Black Panther, though. Oof. <laughs> he don't know the power of the Black Panther. Like, right, right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I, I would say for me, in terms of just with racial identity, it's, it's, it's a, you know, black is a part of my upbringing is it's a part of what makes me what shaped me what shaped my ancestors mm -hmm. i never deny it because i know where i came from mm -hmm. now I'll, um, admittedly you know but my my other side of the family is from haiti so i didn't really grow up i grew up with the baseline <laughs> higher level black history facts and knowledge a lot of that knowledge i had to do on my own mm -hmm. afterwards or by befriending other african-american kids who's families were more ingrained like you know my my, my dad's family's from from here 
But, you know, in terms of like, you know, you meet those pro-black kids and the kids who, whose parents were around with the civil rights movement, they were involved and, and just people who know and, and know the history and, and can point you in the right direction of resources. A lot of that I had to do on my own and I gained the appreciation. I gained even more appreciation for who I came from. But, you know, just like you say, I can't hide it. I can't hide it as 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 light as I may be. I'm not super light, but you know, I'm not I'm not mahogany either, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't hide when people see me, they see a black man. Yep. And I take pride in yep. it. Because it, we 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 were made to feel as if our skin, our 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 background, our upbringing wasn't beautiful. And I take pride in it. I don't know who I would be if I wasn't born black. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it doesn't it's not makes me 100% who I am, but I just I couldn't imagine being anything else and 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 enjoying my life, mm. you know, because it's just a, our experience is unique. Our experience is struggle. Our experience is the ultimate coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Like we're literally fighting a system where we are Neo in the Matrix. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it and it's that's a, a great allegory for what we go through. And the system will continue to reboot and reboot and we'll continue to try to take it down. So as far as my own identity, that uh, you know, I don't I don't see that or, or don't even where uh what you brought up before about your friend said uh he feels like the problem is is people trying to be black. I would say it's more so um not accepting other people when they come to that realization or when they ask questions just like Mm -hmm. you know on twitter they troll brunch all the time and troll all these other things where you know what some people may just be discovering their blackness for the first time so i would you know you're gonna get these jokes but i wouldn't shun them yeah you know, no. you, everybody's experience isn't different. You may not have grown up around black people. You may be black, but you you know your heritage. But when you're around your people, it's celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't I wouldn't take that away from somebody. As far as the um, dealing with somebody denying their their anti blackness, I mean, <laughs> if you look up the history between Haitians and Dominicans, Ooh. you can. We could be here for a while about. <laughs> denying blackness yeah. and stuff that I've dealt with, with with and not just them with other people who have that background and but they're culturally and in their history because throughout this world black is seen as as ugly and and lower class and and we've because of global colonization we've been indoctrinated to think these things and in turn that passes from generation to generation where you wouldn't want to be black cuz you know what comes with that so all I can do is point you to resources, give my perspective. I can't force somebody to to purport an identity that they don't connect with. But it, when they're denying how the world sees them, sooner or later you get a wake-up call. Mm. You get a wake-up call, and it's, it's the come-to-Jesus moment. And when you get it, I hope you're there to receive it. That's all I can say. Yep. And, you know, for those before anyone gets to twisted, a couple other things I just want to say on this, because, you know, like I said, we've had this discussion before and people will come at mm-hmm. me like, oh, Ben is all lives matter. Ben don't think, that, <laughs> you know, that black people are black people. And just to set y'all straight, I grew up in Houston, Texas. I was called nigger, not nigger, nigger E-R, to my face E-R. at 11 <laughs> years old, maybe 10. You know, a grown ass man called me a nigger to my face. So that was the first time that I realized that I was black. 
you know, because I didn't know before that. I was just, you know, a little kid. And then someone calls you nigger. And I grew up in Texas in Houston where I can just, I can sit here for days and tell you about racial things that have happened to me or that go on every day in Houston and in surrounding areas. So I don't, don't ever get it twisted. But like I said, once again, I've been to Africa. I've traveled the world. I've been a lot of different places and I've seen how the world affects people. And like you're talking about your, you know, your roots are from Haiti and, you know, the Haiti Dominican Republic are like two different places that slaves were dropped off on the same island by two different people and that's where the right and that's the only difference and that's why i love black panther so much because there's so many and why we'll be talking about this for so long because there's so many levels like the opening scene i read an interview with kudler where he talked about the opening scene was the most important to him because he just wanted to get across the point that until you open your mouth, you cannot tell an African-American from an African. You can't tell an African-American from a Jamaican. You can't tell any because all these people are the same. There's no difference until we start talking about our cultures. But as far as looks and until you start hearing those accents, you never know. And I like to tell people all the time, when you go to Ethiopia, you'll, I'll be in Ethiopia, and it'll be like, oh, shit, there's Jeff J walking down the block. You know, some dude look just like you. You know, Tatiana will walk by me. And it's like people don't realize that. People think that Africans look different or some shit, but it's not like that. You will see every type of people. You will see your twin over there walking down the block. So it's like that's why I'm so proud of this movie once again, why we will continue to talk about it why your boy needs to go check it with his felon degenerate self. (laughs) And if if you have any more questions for us about anything at all, it doesn't have to be related to Black Panther or Milestone or comics in general or even geek. Doesn't matter what it is. Hit us up. Contact at fanbros.com. Hit us on the Twitter at fanbros show on Instagram at fanbros show. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap it up. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bro Show. Was that good? <laughs> Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. <laughs> and man, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we've had our tech news with Tatiana, but she's out on a mission right now that I can't even discuss it's going down and so bit 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 big one bit for all of you but we do have some tech news for you real quick because this week was well, I won't say huge but Nintendo Direct did happen and Jeff they did have some news to talk about yeah man I mean it was it, I mean overall it was a little underwhelming a lot of ports stuff that you may have played before like Crash Bandicoot and things like that that they were coming out and you know Nintendo they will make it seem like it never been on a system before because they're getting that bag from you one way or another that's $60 but um Super Smash Brothers is coming out for the Switch this year in 2018 the internet was was going crazy over that that was like the big be- the biggest thing out of the direct um, one one thing that they they were showing silhouettes of some of the players and it seems as if the link from Breath of the Wild is going to be in Super Smash Brothers, not the the classic link. Mm-hmm. So that's something to that's something to watch out for, and that's one of that's a fun ass game. Not gonna lie, I'm a Switch owner, and and I'm I'm on time for the Super Smash Brothers release. Yeah, I got to get me a Switch. I'm still, you know, I talked about how I was going to cop a PlayStation this week. I haven't done it. Thank you to everybody who's been hitting me with all those recommendations for games, but I still haven't even copped it yet. 
So eventually I will, and eventually I'll get my Switch as well. I, I think I'm just waiting for that Nets big game. So Super Smash Brothers might be the one for me to get right. a Switch because I'm, you know, so behind. I played a little of Mario, loved it, played Mario Kart on there, loved it. I still haven't got to play Link because I have a life to live and I don't want to do that to myself. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I already went through that with Witcher and Metal Gear in the last two years, so I, I can't do Ooh. that right now. I can't wait this week. I think the Brigitte hero hits the Overwatch, the main servers. She's out on the playtest servers right now. But the new hero, okay. I think she'll be released this week. Usually it's a two-week run on the playtest, so should be this Tuesday I hope, I hope, I can't wait, because I can't wait to play her. She seems like a really dope character. And everyone out there knows how addicted I am to Overwatch. We're now approaching almost two years on this game, and it <laughs> does not stop. I love it. I love it. Hit me up, DJ Ben, I mean, on Xbox if you're on there. I'll rock with anyone. Actually, shout out to my man's hateful Nate, who I was rocking with on there, who is a huge fan of Fan Bro Show and geeked out when he found out that he was sitting there rocking with me on Xbox One. So shout out to him <laughs> and shout out to his podcast, oh, the 60 Minute Shit Show. I think I got that name right. It's that's it's the best name ever. So check that that's out when great. you have a chance. <laughs> and also, yeah, man, I've been on I've been on Overwatch for for a little while. Oh, yeah, I got I got I got into Fortnite though. Ah, uh, yo, I've been trying to Fortnite. get a Fortnite, man. Are you on Xbox Bro. or are you on PlayStation? I'm I'm on I'm a I'm an Xbox proud proud Xbox user. Oh, um, but uh, I uh. Yeah, I I started playing Fortnite and I get it now. Mm -hmm. I get yeah. it. Why it's yo the shit is like they drop you into a world and it's you against ninety something other people. Yep, and, and make it happen. Like it, it's fun as hell. It's very fun. And I played once and got killed so quickly. But I I always want to play with my boys, but they don't want to play it. Like my Overwatch crew, they don't want to play it. So Jeff, I gotta add you because I didn't even know you were on that spot. And we got the rock together. You know, get some. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm. You know what it is? I don't. I haven't. I go through like ebbs and flows with playing games on Xbox. Yep. So I've just been like, I, I dabble, I, I dabble here and there. I play a lot of one player, uh, single player games. But I, you know, Fortnite is the culture right now. Like that's everybody. I see so many like references and and videos from people doing shit um, with 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 Fortnite mm -hmm. that I said, yo, I gotta play. I, I it's like one of those things where you can get all the references if you see videos and stuff. You're like, all right, I get it, but you gotta play it yeah. to really get it. Yeah. And I played it and I was like, yo, I get it now. I know why this is lit. I know why everybody's playing it. So for sure. Yeah, no, because I played it for 15 minutes. I played a player unknown, or I watched people play player unknown battlegrounds, and that didn't interest me at all. But then I played Fortnite for like 15 minutes, and I was like, okay, this is fun. And if I had some boys to play with, you know, people to play with and talk to while I was playing, I would enjoy mm -hmm. it a lot more. So definitely, Jeff. And, you know, we've been talking this Twitch up. You know, we've done a few things on our Twitch channel, but we got to bring that in the forefront in 2018. So, Jeff, we got to hook up and, you know, do some Twitch broadcast and get some Fortnite on real soon. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And also, it's now time for my favorite segment of the week. Thank you for all the recommendations for this one as well, because it's time for some comic psych. Ooh, and it was a big, big week this week. First of all, I want to shout out uh, God Shaper. It's a graphic novel that I picked up this week from Simon Spurrier and Jonas Goonface is the artist. I really cannot believe that is his real last name. 
That's a uh, excellent. Last I mean, name. amazing. Like Mr. Goonface. Did his, did he go through <laughs> his life being able to say that? Like, hello, I'm Mr. Goonface. Like, if he didn't put out a mixtape in his life, he's doing it wrong. He's doing it so wrong. Right? Goonface Chronicles Volume One. Cop that <laughs> SoundCloud Mixcloud. All that. Download it. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna get a virus or nothing like that. Just listen to real hip hop. You feel me? Word up. But God Shaper, the comic book, is about this world where physics have gone out the window. Like, electricity, all that stuff just stopped happening in, like, 1954. And to replace it, every human on Earth gets their own personal little god. And these gods can be used to do, you know, godly things, have powers, all this stuff, you know, basically. I mean, also take the place of things like electricity and all the things that we use in the modern world. But God Shaper follows the story of this one character who is a man who's born without a god. And these people are called God Shapers because they can shape the powers of the other gods that people have. But they're kind of like people who live on the fringes of society because of this. People don't really mess with them, whatever. And I picked up the book because I'd seen other people recommending it. And Jonas Goonface on the art. I just love the art. It's really an interesting style. It's kind of comedic. But then it has this real serious tone to the book. So I'm really liking it about halfway through to the trade. So check that out. Also this week, Wicked and Divine number 34 returns. This is the return of Wicked and Divine. They've been off for a couple months. They had a couple of specials to fill the time. But this is the first issue in what will now be the last year of Wicked and Divine. And it is a humdinger to say the least. I mean, like. I finished the issue up and I immediately went on Twitter like, yo, people, I need to talk about this because there's so much revealed and then so many more questions are asked. And I just think this is one of the best books on the stands right now. I'm just in love with it. I talk about it so much and there's only a year left. So if you haven't started yet, go ahead, pick up Wicked and Divine. Also this week, Batman, the latest issue is out by Tom King. And that continues the courtship leading up to the marriage of Batman and Catwoman. But in this issue, I really like this issue because it starts off kind of like in the middle of the story. It's like Poison Ivy has taken over pretty much the rest of the world other than Batman and Catwoman. Like she's mind controlled every person who ever ate a plant. You know, she's now controlling them through that. All the vegans are out of oh, here. Oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done right away. <laughs> me, me and Mbaku were screwed right away. We're, we're, oh, we're immediately under her control. <laughs> and so Batman and Catwoman are trying to defeat her, and she sends people like Superman up against them. And Batman, I won't spoil it, but Batman serves Superman in like one of the greatest Batman versus Superman fights ever, just completely serves them. And the issue is also really ill because it introduces Harley Quinn, back into the main universe and it might be setting up the whole poison ivy harley quinn relationship which you know in the past has been romantic into the main dc universe so tom king is just doing amazing work on batman as usual i've been loving it great storyline from the beginning definitely check that out so wicked and divine batman and god shaper by simon spurrier and jonas Goonface this week make sure you check all those out as always use that hashtag comics i copped on Twitter and hit me up with your recommendations. Jeff, you reading anything lately? Yeah, man. Um, uh, a lot of people know I'm a, I'm a big Spider-Man, Spider-Verse fan, mm-hmm. anything Spider-related. Not so much Venom, but, you know, that's a story for another day. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all-inclusive in the universe. Um, two, two of the Spider-Man books came out this week, uh, Miles Morales and Peter Parker. The, uh, 
the Amazing Spider-Man is is particularly interesting because this is Dan Slott's last arc, mm-hmm. Go Down Swinging. Yep. So for those who haven't been reading, uh, Norman Osborn is coming back again as the Green Goblin, but this time he also has the power of Carnage. Wow. The Carnage symbiote. He He's using the... Because uh, for, for those who haven't been um, up on the arc, basically uh, Peter Parker disabled Norman Osborn from going full Goblin. And he used the Carnage symbiote to to be able to go full Goblin again. But if for those who remember Carnage, he's crazy as hell, and he's tried to he's he's trying to overtake Norman Osborn so that they can go on a killing spree. But Norman finds a way to control it, so now he has the powers of Carnage and the full Green Goblin at his disposal. So he's going for one more attempt to destroy the world and to destroy. Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. So this is going to be Dan Slott's last arc, and I think he's going out with a bang. Mm. And this is before Nick Spencer takes over. So, you know, a lot of hashtag days are going to be upset, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I hope he takes over Miles Morales' book, too. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. So you're a Nick Spencer fan? Oh, yeah. Wow. I I love what he writes. Wait. I love his... his, um, the the Captain America, Sam Wilson, and Steve Rogers that he did was phenomenal, bro. Wow. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. You're, I'm a complete fan. You're a Secret Empire fan? Hell yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's the best. That's the best. Um. Uh. Wait. Special wait, whatever that they've done. Wait. One of the best. All right. Yeah. All right. Speaking of arguments, Jeff, I got into an argument with somebody else on Twitter over this last year where the book was out and. You know, as he ended up having to block his brother after they told me, fuck you, you know, over me just saying, I don't, I mean, oh, wow. That's interesting. I, I, I'll i be honest. I've not read all of Nick Spencer's, you know, Captain America and stuff. I liked some of it. I didn't mind the whole Nazi Captain America thing, the way that a lot of people took offense with it. I did think that Secret Empire was a hot pile of mess, though, because I felt like, it basically reneged on its own ideas right away. You know, it's like it presents this idea that there's this evil Captain America, that this is the Captain America that we know and love, has turned to a Nazi. In fact, has always been a Nazi. But then halfway through the series, it's like, oh, no, that's a fake Captain America, and the Captain America we all know and love has always existed, and this is just a, you know, fake evil clone. Well, it's 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 not so much that he always existed. They used the cosmic cube to create an alternate reality. Yeah, I think it was just more. It's more so of the the themes that were presented that I liked a lot. Where it it literally was like white supremacy and white ideals having to look at themselves in the mirror and say, "Yo, you're the ones that have to combat this." Like you, you're you're you everything that you knew and loved got turned on its head, and now. You got to deal with it. So I, you know, it was it. it I, I've I've gone on and on with the with the Secret Empire debates of you know for a while. I just think that I I personally think it was well done. And when you read the, this was one of those um, major event books where reading the Sam Wilson and the the Steve Rogers Captain America in tandem gives you all the meat and all the the supplement for it. And you get to see that whole story played out. Mm. Like I can't even—I don't even recognize the books now 
that that people are on like the the Captain America and Falcon book. Like that Falcon book is horrible. Mm. Horrible. Like I'm talking about I wouldn't line the bottom of a birdcage with. Wow. Like that's how bad it See, is. See, that's I, how bad it is. I felt the same way about the one of the issues that I did read when Falcon and this other hero take on like they I can't remember what the dude's name is, but they have like a difference of opinion and they end up taking on these uh other black heroes who are basically like a stand-in for all the like hashtags and I mean they fight using hashtags. Yeah, they they bastardize they bastardize the movements and use it for evil. Yeah, and I yeah. I felt like Nick is a white dude who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about in that issue. Like I, I and I mm. and I really felt like that was That's a, valid. A lot of his stuff that, though. That was my problem. I felt like and especially mm. his reaction to people being upset about Secret Empire and the storyline he was telling. That's when I stopped really feeling Nick Spencer so much. And I invited him on the show, and he was down for it, and we haven't gotten back in touch after that. But that was my issue, was with he started representing a lot of that, like, oh, I'm telling this story. Fuck y'all if y'all don't like it. You know, and I'm like, okay, but people don't like it, so you're going to have to take that one on the chin, Nick. Like, if people don't like it, you got to take that. And that's where I kind of lost him. There was a lot of there was I mean I I think there was a a, a range yep. of criticism oh, yeah. from genuine like you have critiques to dude bros being upset at what what he's what he's doing and it's just like and I'm I'm not even gonna front I'm not all the way prepared to have the secret empire debate because this we live in a world of too much content and I kind of like left that left that back like <laughs> I, I can't even remember when secret empire was I'm, I'm being I'm keeping it 100 percent real yep. like I'm thinking about like the talk boys and some of the stuff is jogging back but I just think there were a lot like a, there was a lot of projection mm -hmm. in a lot of the the, the the takes from secret empire from people who they could for even the Nazi thing where they actually. Hydra actually felt Nazism bastardized their uh, ideals. See that, yeah, and, and that was the argument I got into with the dude on Twitter when he was like, "Hydra's actually this and that." I'm like, that, "I don't give a shit, dog. Hydra is Nazi. Like, you can't take that out of them. Like, you can write these stories where that's not the case, but it's always like, especially when they were or originally they were written as a stand-in for Nazis. And if they're not Nazis, they're fascists. And what yeah. and what does fascism lead to? Nazism right. is a, a form of fascism. So for people right. to deny that part of it, and that's what annoyed me. I, I don't deny yeah, it. Yeah, but that, I don't but deny people it. Were, people were like, oh, he's not a Nazi, he's a fascist. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. But there is there, but there, but that's <laughs> the thing. When you talk about Nazism and what it what it represents, as opposed shit, there's people who claim that 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 can make good points saying that the, the United States presidents have been fascists. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But you wouldn't call them Nazis. No. If, if, if you want to call it a if you want to call it a semantical argument, I can say that that's valid for you too. The whole the whole point I'm saying is, I don't see an issue with making Captain America a sleeper cell for evil when it's happened to everybody else. Yeah. It's just a matter of people's symbol, blonde hair, blue eyed symbol of liberty, was turned into something evil, and people couldn't deal with it. And people couldn't deal with it. Yeah, because I had no problem with that. Like, I, I got into the, another one on Twitter. A woman hit me up, and she was so pissed about it. And I was like, dude, Captain America smoked crack. Like, that was one of my favorite runs of Captain America with him being high <laughs> right. on crack. I love the right. shit out of that, you know? And it's a different thing than him being a Nazi or a fascist. But, yeah, but I'm not going to sit there and argue semantics. Like, Donald Trump is a fascist and probably a Nazi, too. You know, and it doesn't matter if he's not a Nazi. His fascism is bad enough. 
And that's why I'm like, I don't, I can't argue that semantic with people. And when people are like, oh, Hydra isn't this. I'm like, to the majority of people who aren't like dedicated comic readers, Hydra represents that thing. You know, that's what right. they are. And so you. But then if they don't read the comic and find out the story. Yeah, but you also have to read like really have 50 years of comics. You can't expect somebody who's, you know, reading, who just casually reading. And then if they read a recap issue where it's like, oh, no, Hydra's now this. But that doesn't take away from the fact that what Hydra was. That's like saying America. Yeah, they're not denying their history. Yeah, but see, it wasn't a denial of history. It's like America saying, oh, America doesn't have slavery anymore. America still ain't dealt with slavery. Has Hydra, right. you know, it, Hydra ain't dealt with being Nazis. So it's like, you're all still and that Nazis. was like. You can make the comparison to like KKK and alt right. Yeah, y'all still it's KKK just, it's to just, me. I don't that's what shit. it was. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, I don't give a shit what y'all want to call yourselves. To me, y'all all the same. Right, and that's yeah. and that's what it was showing. Yeah, that's what it was showing. You know what I'm saying? But so, see, that's my problem was it doesn't show that to me really, Jeff. It it shows it kinda, but in the end, it ends with a punch out between these two white dudes. You know, and it's like one white dude outpunches the other white dude, and they look exactly alike. So who the fuck okay. knows the difference? You know, that's that's a metaphor, bro. It, Think about I, it. Uh, that's a metaphor. See, that's what I mean. That's a metaphor. Uh, a, like it, a lot of these things are cute metaphors, and that's what I mean. It's like I don't have time for cute metaphors. I prefer Black Panther, where it doesn't give you cute metaphors. It calls a white person that, a colonizer. That's, that's I don't have time. Fine. I don't, that's yeah, fine. I don't have time for the for a white person telling it. And that is my problem with Nick Spencer. Is I feel like he dips into a lot of these things on race and stuff and thinks he has he might have a good point. But until you have lived it, it's very tough to very, you know, to get these points exactly right. And when someone criticizes you on these points, your reaction can't be, well, I'm telling a story. No, white man, because the problem is we've lived through almost 100 years of white men telling comic book stories. So after a point, we're not going to give you that leeway. We're just trying to check you early because we're tired because we've heard it before. And that's my problem with this. Like, I don't you, like you cute know metaphors anymore. It's cute. But you know, we, you know what's so funny about this? This conversation about checking people who, who aren't in certain cultures and and, uh, you know, uh -oh. being vigilant and, and they're not and they're not and they're not. They, they shouldn't be able to speak, even though they've been in, a, in, in the culture for a while. Like, it just sounds familiar to me. <laughs> it sounds real familiar to me what you're saying. I, I can't put my finger or trending topic on it, but it, it does. yo. and it's just like I'm sitting here hearing you and I'm just like, yo, this shit. I, it's like I, I need Keenan Ivory Wayans to come out and say that. But see, yo, all right. yo, it's hilarious. I'm crying, but but no, but I get your point, yep. and I understand what people's um, critiques were. Uh, but I, I'm also somebody who was oh, I, I'm not one of these people like people who watch Marvel movies and 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 um and expect certain shit because they watched a cartoon mm -hmm. and they weren't no, really hell in the no, culture. Hell you know no. what I'm saying? I'm not one of those people, but I I was reading complete runs. Yep. And I got I got a holistic view of what the story he was trying to tell, so it impacted me a certain way. I I like even that um that issue with the with the um this. with the with the negaverse um Black Lives Matter um, oh, feeling God. gang. Yeah. I, I I when when that critique came out, I said, "Yo, I feel y'all." I feel like I'm not gonna deny it. I even felt a way like, yo, this may not have been the best thing nah. to, to 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 fucking 
you know, reflect. Or if you wanted to, you could have went about it a different way. Yes. Same way how I feel about certain shit in the Falcon book where it feels like a parody of a parody of a parody mm. with some of the dialogue. And then when I find out that the writer used to write for Boondocks, like the um Patriot, the kid Patriot, right? Yep. If oh, you I love read Patriot. The dialogue, if you read the dialogue in Falcon, in in um what's what's Huey's brother's name again? Riley? Yep. Riley Freeman's voice, you see what he's trying to do. But it it it's that like that's how you would the only way you'd be able to tolerate it. Mm. But um but I, I uh but overall, like I, you know, I the, I think the debate the debate is fine. Like I'm I'm I don't have a problem debating it, but I you know, it impacted me a different way. No, I mean, and that's great to hear because, you know, I definitely was not a person. Who, I read all the issues of Secret Empire. I read a lot of the cap. I didn't read as much of the Falcon book and, except for that one issue. And that one issue just turned me off so much that I didn't want to mm-hmm. go back to it. But, you. you know, at the same time, I know people, you know, who don't feel who feel the way about Ta-Nehisi Coates run on Black Panther. So it's not yeah. about, you know, whether a white person or a black person is telling this story. And that's not what I'm saying. But I do feel like Nick should have really reached out to more black people. You know, when, mm. if you're going to tell these stories, especially that one issue, because that issue, you know, he put it out there and it's like you put these things out like, ha, look, here's my statement on it. You know, and it's like. <laughs> Bruh, you are so off, you know. Oh, and they're gonna be mad too, cause uh, Tana Heatsy Coates is about to write Captain <laughs> America. I mean, it's just it's it's it's, it's out of control out here. Like I, Ooh, you know, they took our jobs. They took our jobs. It's all you could. It's so crazy because there's like, gonna be a lot of economic anxiety, bro. I'm sitting a over here hating on Nick here. Spencer all day, but Ryan Otley is drawing that Amazing Spider-Man series, so I'm gonna be I mean, picking up every issue. Like, yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I think I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people. I, I think he's gonna yeah. surprise a lot of people. I'm gonna have to give it an honest review because I love Ryan Ali that much, that I'm gonna have to read these issues and see what he's doing over yeah. there. So ho- he was the invincible um, artist, right? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's a series I have to I have to visit. I've I've I, I missed that one, it, but I know it just ended. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back because I've I've seen the art artistry from afar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this shit is dope. And as a Spider-Man fan, it's gonna blow your mind because it's like the best to me, the best Spider-Man, you know, retelling story ever. Like how how Static mm. is a retelling of Spider-Man, how uh, Speedball was a retelling of Spider-Man. Invincible mm. is kind of like a mix of Spider-Man and Superboy, and it's like the best of those two, and it tells the illest story with that concept that I think's mm. ever been done. So okay, yeah, no, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down for sure. All right, real quick before we get out of here tonight, Patty Jenkins has confirmed that. Is it Kristen Wig? Is it Wig with the two eyes? I never. I believe yeah, so, yeah. Be- That's how I've said yeah. it. So. Kristen Wig, actress, comedian, has been confirmed to play Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2, which, if I remember correctly, is still going to take place in like the 1980s, I think. I don't think it's present day. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a flashback, just like the first one was a flashback. So, right. So, um, I like Kristen Wig a lot. She's dope, great actress, you know. Cheetah, I'm not that big a fan of, but Wonder Woman really doesn't have that, you know, big villain base that I can think of where I'm like, you know, I need to see this person on screen. So why not Cheetah? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think I, I like Kristen Wiig, too. I, I hope she does well. 
I hope she does well. It doesn't like, I'm not like, Cheetah doesn't excite me. Yeah. So Kristen Wiig playing Cheetah, I'm like, yo, you know, you go, girl. Like, you, that's <laughs> all I, like, yo, salute to you. Like, that's all I can say. Yeah. I, 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 you know, but I, I trust in Patty Jenkins to make it hot. So, yeah. We'll see. Secure that bag. And speaking right. of securing the bag and not exciting me at all, Vin Diesel will play Bloodshot <laughs> in the Valiant movie universe. Uh, Bloodshot is a dope character. He's a he's an assassin. He's this dude who has no memory of a, like what he did, of course. But he gets these nanites injected into his blood, so he can do a lot of crazy things. Like he can control machinery. He could have like his head chopped off, and he'd still be fine. You know, he could just put his head back on, and the nanites will reattach everything. Like all kind of power. So he's a you know super hard, to, tough to kill killer. But Vin Diesel is like, yeah. I mean, he looks the part, you know, you put some white makeup and some red eyes on him, but no. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on the type of movie it's going to be. If they have some uh, exploding cars and, and uh, flipping and shit like that, you might you might be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm uh, Valiant's going to have, like, a bunch of movies coming out. They're going to have their own universe. They've got a lot of great characters. Bloodshot, Exo Man of War. Archer and, oh, yeah. Archer and Armstrong I'm hyped for. I'd love to see a movie of that. I think they're working on that. Um, Ninjack, uh, who's my man's? Oh, Shadow Man. That's who they need to do. Because Shadow Man, you know, involves like Haitian voodoo and loas and a lot of like mysticism and a lot of culture that, you know, would bring out these people right now. You know, we see what culture does, but, Mm -hmm. you know, another, I mean, Vin's not really white, so I can't call him a white dude, but Bloodshot is like the whitest of white characters. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, dude is like bone white. Also, Rob LaField sells its stream studios to Netflix. Netflix recently bought up Mark Millar's universe, and now they've got another superhero universe filled with, honestly, some of the worst characters ever made. Like, I can't... <laughs> I mean, this one is like... This might be the straw to break... Well, it's don't, it's don't break Netflix back, or it's don't break the superhero world back, because these characters are terrible. There's no young blood. I mean, most of Rob's characters are like really bad knockoffs that were made better by other writers when they took over them. But yeah, I guess maybe. Right. Hey, Netflix. I want Netflix to throw me a bag. I'll make a word right now. Bro. Word, yo. Hey, hey, I'm finishing up a script right <laughs> I now. I need some of that 700 show money. Bro. Man, like you, let's talk make about it. Make it 701. Speaking. Make it 701. Yeah. Speaking of Netflix, the new season of Jessica Jones hit on national I mean International Women's Day this year and I'm into it I've been watching like I'm I think I'm up to episode 7 I'm not as sold as it is on the first season I thought the first season of Jessica Jones was like the best thing that Netflix put out as far as first seasons like I think Daredevil season 2 might be better but as far as first seasons I thought Jessica was the best it was so tense you know the purple man is one of the best villains ever put on screen Word. and I'm not I'm not I'm hoping that the latter half of the season is where it's going to pick up. But I thought the first half of the last season just immediately caught you. And this one hasn't done it so far. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen it yet. I, you know, I'm still going to give it a shot. I, I kind of taken a hard line stance with these Netflix shows now. Mm. I no longer want to binge them in one sitting. Mm. It's 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 information overload, bro. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I like having it all to... to uh, to to be able to binge to my heart's content, but I you know I, I just put up all my filters on social so that I don't get spoiled, and I watch it when I'm damn well got time to watch it. Cause you know if you have the time to sit down and binge it, 
that's cool. But I feel like maybe it's because I'm from the older era of serialized TV. Mm-hmm. But when I binge, I feel like I miss so much. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because your mind is just erasing what you, you know, it's just going to make it all fill into one. Unless I'm writing notes. Yep. Like, I got to do, like, book reports on every episode so that I can I can fully, you know, grasp what I've seen without overloading with the whole series. So, uh, watching two here, three there. Like, you know, like, out, you know, hour, hour and a half worth of the show. I, I, I feel like, for me, I appreciate it more to consume it in that way. No, I, I 100% agree on that one because before, you know, we'd be doing special deliveries and stuff and we'd have to talk about the show the Monday after the weekend it came out and I'd knock out 13 episodes in a weekend and I just feel like I'd enjoy it, but one, I wouldn't ever want to go back and watch it again because I was so sick of seeing that much of that one thing at once. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, I feel like I missed stuff and it's like, you, you're like, okay, like Daredevil season two, which I love to death. And there's some great moments in it, but it was just like, okay, I, I couldn't tell you that much about it other than, you know, it featured Elektra, Daredevil was in it, there was that dope fight in the hallway, and, uh, you know, that's about it. And it's uh, mainly with these same series, Luke Cage, like, Marshall Ali, you know, that that's what I remember from that mainly, you know, and then they killed mm-hmm. him and I was mad. And, um, yeah, so, I don't know, I'll probably, you know, spend the next couple of weeks watching Jessica, because after watching, you know, the first seven, it's like, okay, let me just slow down and you know, chill out because now the spoilers are out. I've missed them already, so I'm good. Yeah, and even with me, like, like I, I haven't finished The Punisher. Wow, and I've, I've still been slow, but, but I've been watching it when I had time. Yep. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of got diverted by Altered Carbon because mm. I just couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Yep. I just had so many feelings about it, good and bad. But it was just like I'm a stand for sci-fi, so if you throw some sci-fi shit in my face, it's just like, oh, look at the bouncing ball. <laughs> but um, you know what I'm saying? But but I've been watching Punisher here and there and and I, you know I like it and 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 it's and it's cool to just take it and also the other reason why I'm taking it slow with Punisher it's a lot of fucking killing in one scene is it like you know I just we I, we, we I do feel like we do have to try to deprogram cuz we get so desensitized for all this shit yeah and, and and I grew up on Punisher so it's all good but it's just like that type of series I, I can't take that all in one sitting cuz that's just too much like I it's too much trauma there's so because the real shit is happening in the world where before when we were kids, school shooting happened, it shut everything down, shut the world down. Yeah. Now it happens and it's just like, damn, mm. it's fucked up. Like it, it, I'm trying to maintain my humanity mm. and my my compassion. And and I wanna be surprised and I wanna feel what I need to feel because I don't want to get desensitized and it's it's with everything that I consume. So with Punisher, I'm like, yo, yeah, this shit is lit. Like, you know, I'm all for the John Wick, the John Wickization of of shows where it's just like you watch people go do their thing. But 13 episodes, yeah, I gotta take my time. I just gotta take my time. You know? So yeah, no, I, I fully feel you because I watched it all. I didn't really binge Punisher. I, it took me like a few weeks to watch it. And it, it mm. gets really dark at points, and there's just some really horrible stuff happening. And that's how I felt like the first season of Jessica Jones. Like, I'm yeah. mad I binge-watched that because I remember after that was done, I just felt gross. Like, I felt yeah. dirty. I felt like, oh, you know, and it was like – and maybe that's why I'm going slow through this one because I know it's eventually going to get to that dark place. And it's just you're seeing a trauma survivor in this one. And so even that is kind of hard to watch over and over again. So it's like, all right, let me just chill, take it a little easy, and, you know, we'll get back to this. Exactly. 
All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Fan Bro Show. I just want to say real quick, you know, we started off this year with a bang. Like we say, you know, we've been doing all these bid things, and we wouldn't be doing any of this without the support of y'all out there. So thank you so much. Thank you to all the new listeners. It just does me so much. Like, it brings me so much joy when we get these emails and people are like, yo, keep up the good work. Or like the person said earlier when they're like, yo, the first episode was their Young Guru episode, you know, and they've been listening ever since. And so just thank you all. We're going to continue to bring this hotness. Make sure you're subscribed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those places, Twitch. Make sure you hit us up on Twitch. Me and Jeff J might be dropping some video streaming this week. And we'll be right back next week with more to show that you love. Peace.